and a very warm welcome to today's episode of Finding Me, Rebuild You and Your Life After Domestic Abuse. Close to 3 million people every single year experience domestic abuse in the UK alone. Civil agencies and charities have focused their efforts and resources on getting women out of immediate danger. It can take a woman up to five years to rebuild her life after experiencing abuse. And there is very little help and support to get women back on track. This podcast is produced by women for women. Today's show is Traits of a Narcissist. We are going to be talking to our resident relationship counsellor, Elaine Conway, about the personality disorder, narcissism, and what it means to be in a relationship with someone on the spectrum. I'm your host, Natalie War, and this is Finding Me, the build you and your life after domestic abuse. Welcome to the show again, Elaine. It's great to have you here. Thank you for inviting me again. As our listeners know, Elaine is a psychotherapist and herself a survivor of domestic abuse. Whilst we hear the term narcissism or narcissist being used with increasing frequency over the last two years or so, there is some value in providing clarity over the different types of narcissism we encounter and the destructive traits which may emerge in an abusive relationship. Having researched the term, there appears to be a bit of confusion between egocentrics and narcissists. But being an egocentric and having an inflated sense of their own self-worth doesn't automatically tip over to having a personality disorder such as narcissism. So with that in mind, Elaine, what are the different types of narcissism which are problematic and what are the common characteristics? Okay, so narcissism is a term that we often hear in the media, or quite a lot actually, and in its extreme form, It is a personality disorder and as such has some well-defined characteristics which we can discuss but firstly it's important to understand that narcissism exists on a continuum right from a healthy and normal state where somebody might just have a few narcissistic traits through to a pathological personality disorder. We all have narcissistic traits and at some point in our lives, uh, but this can be perfectly normal. It's very different to a diagnosed narcissistic personality disorder. I mean, these are actually quite rare and only about 1% of the population. So although we often call people narcissists, it is important to understand the differences along that continuum. So... Narcissism is not a mental illness, whereas narcissistic personality disorder is. You can have a healthy narcissism, which is variable, depending on the circumstances. And it doesn't really stop people being empathetic. We all enjoy admiration and we like positive attention. It gives us good feelings. Um, it can lift your spirit generally quite um, it can be quite elating um, we all need that to a certain extent that external validation you know we want our achievements to be recognized um, we want to be successful and it makes us feel good 
we're not always empathic and we like to feel in control and to have that power sometimes leads to a feeling of self-importance just occasionally but you know over our lifetimes we probably all experience this so from time to time someone showing normal everyday narcissistic traits can hurt your feelings um, or push your boundaries this is quite normal we may use words like selfish or a bit aggressive or egotistical or insensitive to describe people like that it becomes unhealthier you know further along the continuum and can be described as a narcissistic personality type this is still considered to be like within a normal range of personality types though these kind of people may exhibit more extreme narcissistic traits and can be annoying and offensive to be around they can act with superiority and have little or no empathy for other feelings or situations they appear to be quite self-centered and, and very entitled in fact demanding admiration from those around them so you know i guess everybody will have known somebody like that at some point i don't think many people including myself who's been in an abusive relationship can say without a doubt that their abuser is in that sort of top one percent and has a narcissistic personality disorder but what i think i can say is that his behavior demonstrated that he was particularly high on the spectrum and I think that played a significant role in his abusive behavior absolutely um I mean you will recognize that in that description um there are two interesting types of narcissists though that I'd like to mention and um, that's grandiose and covert and um a grandiose narcissist feels better than everyone and they're usually quite arrogant and attention-seeking. They can find out what pleases you to hook you in, but then you should be just grateful that they keep you around to feed their ego. Uh, the covert type is often a victim and one whose brilliance is obviously not recognised or it feels misunderstood and blames the world for what goes wrong. I mean, it's never them. They can be very passive-aggressive and hypersensitive to anything that seems like criticism. Yeah, definitely. I think my abuser definitely had some elements of that grandiose and covert. I guess he used to use his trade in his personal life to be helpful. Um, but then as soon as he gets what he wants, he then reigns in. Um, so, you know being really super helpful at the start of a relationship um and then when things aren't going his way it's the first thing that they start to rein in to control and then there's no there's absolutely no regard for the fact that actually the implications of you know whatever work is started and you know and and the collateral damage of him offering to help out and then and then, then taking that away whoever else is in the house for example and I think I also recognize elements of the sort of covert type as well I think for me my abuse is sort of crossed between both types I mean 
full enough studies have found that men are more likely to have narcissistic traits than women, uh, except in the areas of vanity and self-absorption, where they're more equal. Uh, and this might be caused by the different expectations of men and women and, you know, gender attributes. But often narcissistic personality types have an inflated sense of their own importance. And obviously this can lead to a demand for attention and a constant need for praise for those around them and, you know, admiration uh, from everybody they meet. I definitely can relate to the fact that more men have um, narcissistic traits. I think, you know, in a society that we live in, women are at a very, very young age told how to behave and, and they don't even have that ability to be narcissists because we're told that, you know, whether that's being bossy or whatever it happens to be. So it's really sort of something that people point out in regards to women and girls at a very young age. So I can understand why they're they're less likely to be narcissists as they get older. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you think about uh, situations that you experience or I might have experienced, uh, often um, men on that spectrum they sort of expect uh, gratitude from you. They expect you to thank them. Um, and, and if you don't, uh, <laughs> you've almost committed a sin. You know, so maybe some of the listeners will recognise that kind of behaviour. People like that aren't given the attention or adoration they feel they deserve. That is generally not sustainable within a relationship. What I find is there isn't much difference between someone who is high on the narcissistic spectrum and a toddler. Yeah. And I think if a woman doesn't mind having another child in the house, as well as the children, then that's fine. Um, but if if a woman isn't prepared to sort of pander to their every whim, then as you say, that's when you're going to um, have problems. He would create situations where I would have to thank him for something. Um, and then when I stopped thanking him, because the house was in a total mess, he would start to complain endlessly. I mean, that is generally not sustainable within a relationship. What it gives you is um, a real sense of imbalance. Uh, and eventually it will cause trouble. And if you think when they aren't given the attention or adoration they feel uh, that they deserve, they may well feel slighted, which will create more arguments. Well, my abuser was and is, is literally obsessed with how attractive he perceived himself to be. Um, he'd say all the time that he got better with age. Um, and during an argument, he would tell me that I was lucky that he wasn't having an affair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is such an example of grandiosity, that feeling of having superior attractiveness to all around him. Um, I mean, they get very, very preoccupied with their own brilliance or genius and then believe that they're special and then get angry when others don't seem to recognise this. Their lack of empathy often causes problems because if it isn't about them, then they can be very dismissive. 
yeah, yeah. And I, I completely agree. And I think, um, you know, in situations where they need to be empathetic, like when my mum died and I remember a case where he was rude about my mother, you know, she's died. That's, that's a typical example, really. Okay. Um, I mean, that's a good example. Um, and also one that's really hurtful Yeah. Um, in the situation when you need support, it's not there. And I think it's this sense of superiority uh, it often masks a subconscious, deep-seated insecurity. Uh, and underneath, uh, they can actually be very envious of others. And this may flip uh, to a belief that others are envious of them and they're envious of their, their beauty or their success or their intelligence, for instance. Yeah, yeah. And I all of that I completely recognise. He definitely had that streak. And he definitely believed that others were envious of him. But I think in reality, you'd have to go quite far to find someone who is envious of his unnecessarily complicated life, quite frankly. Yeah, and of course, this is often displayed as arrogance. Misplaced, misplaced arrogance, for sure. I mean, often people who find themselves in that situation are so convinced they're right that they end up feeling persecuted. Uh, they're easily threatened by those who challenge them in some way and by those who have some attributes that they lack. So some narcissists may be of the communal variety and devote their lives to helping others. How exactly does that play out? Well, um, communal narcissists, they, they seek validation for work they do in the community. Uh, so you often see them doing lots of community work they help people and not really because it's the right thing to do but because they get the praise and the adoration for it um it's sort of trying to get the glory if you want they often tell others at length what great things they've achieved and they have constant need to talk about themselves <laughs> yeah uh, again, I recognise that sometimes he was sort of doing work for other people and then not actually looking after us who were living in the house at the time. Do you think women can successfully live with and have a relationship with someone who displays narcissistic traits? Do you have any examples from your casework? Well, um, narcissists are usually fairly intelligent. And that means they have a talent for getting what they desire. Uh, these traits may draw us in initially, um, but really they're not great for sustained long-term relationship, uh, especially if they're more extreme. So narcissists at this end of the continuum can become abusive if they don't get what they want um, from the relationship. Um, it's often mild. If it's milder, it can be annoying to live with especially the vanity, but okay, it's it, you can. And when it's working for them, it's good. If they're getting what they need, what they want from the relationship, that's okay. But it's just if that changes, it can be more difficult. Um, an example might be that they want their partner to look attractive. Uh, they're vain and they need the world to adore them. And obviously their choice of partner is important. Uh, in how the world sees them. Another 
difficult point might be after a woman has a baby or if she gains weight. This can alter the, the relationship as well, um, especially after having a baby, because obviously they can no longer be the centre of attention. And as a new mother, you would obviously focus on your child. Uh, and that can be very difficult um, for a narcissistic partner to actually accept. And they can get very uh, upset and sulky about having to share the attention. That's really interesting, I think, because it also kind of highlights the honeymoon periods that people have and how things, you know, get difficult once you've moved out of that period because people are on their best behaviour, the narcissist is getting what they want, but as soon as you're kind of moving more into, you know, regular life and they're not getting as much attention, then that's when things get increasingly difficult, I guess. Well, I suppose you could say that's when the cracks start to show. Um, and if you think about that first period uh, when people first get together, you know, there's, uh, both have got a lot invested in making sure the relationship continues. You know, it feels great. Uh, um, and often a partner can end up maybe putting a bit too much in and because they want to please uh, their partner and it's only with a bit, bit of reflection they realize that they may be doing all the giving and their partner's doing all the taking it's really difficult and it does create uh, problems in the relationship yeah we are very much taught to try and make a relationship work I do think that we as women we're encouraged to you know try and make the relationship work and put effort into it and I sometimes I think that is right to an extent but it's so difficult and I think you know we shouldn't actually be taught that at all in terms of we should be trying to really build up a detailed picture of who you're potentially in a relationship with and not overlooking the small things because some of the small things all add up to be something big. Because I think if you're in a relationship with somebody who knows that they are abusive or a narcissist, then they do actually become very clever about hiding it. And I do think that that was the case in my situation. So I think, you know, even in the early days and once you get over that period, as women, we should be keeping you know we talked about a journal last time Elaine didn't we and I think that actually that's something that women should be doing right throughout their relationship is something happening that actually is causing you an immense amount of pain and you know note that down note dates and time what happened but also importantly what was their response when you brought it to their attention did they gaslight you and say that didn't happen that wasn't really the case or were they really reflective about what happened and kind of trying to move forward and I think if you're keeping a, a note of these sorts of things then you can actually build up a picture and say gosh am I with a narcissist or someone that's just take 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 or you know is this a, a relationship worth keeping um, absolutely. I mean, it. obviously I see a lot of couples. I'm a relationship therapist. Um, if, and I think I said last time, you know, if this is the odd argument uh, or dispute or 
that's fine in a relationship that's just normal but if you find you're always having to give in um, and that your partner's starting to pick fault with you or that they don't listen to what you're saying um, and you always have to listen to them if they monopolize the conversation uh, and get cross if you interrupt these are all sort of warning signs you know i mean that they generally uh, display attributes of oh, i don't know what to say glibness um i mean they're, they're, they're silver-tongued uh people outside the relationship would think they're charming and wonderful Mm. But it's only within the relationship that you start to see that it isn't always like that. And if you don't give them what they need, then that, that can be a real problem. They've got feelings of high self-worth. Uh, they often lie. Uh, pathologically, sometimes, they can be prone to boredom, which means that they move on to other projects. So sometimes you're just not enough. And they're often emotionally unavailable. And they will move on uh, if they don't get what they need, which can be extremely upsetting if you've invested a lot in a relationship. Um, and even worse, if you've got children in that relationship. I mean, some interesting facts. Uh, it is said that there are a lot of famous people or infamous people people that uh, display narcissistic traits and there's quite a lot from history that we could pick out but I think it would be it's more interesting at the moment if we look at our uh, leaders around the world our political leaders I think it might be fairly easy to spot the ones that you think uh, display narcissistic traits yeah who, who lies and doesn't take any accountability you know yeah. whatsoever <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And it's interesting what you say about later on in the relationship around after a, a woman has had a baby. And I know from my own experience and my own research that actually that's a real crunch point in the relationship. And it, not only is it, you know, a point that they, a narcissist feels that they are not getting enough attention, but it's also Conversely, for the woman, at that point, they're at their most weakest um, and need that support from um, their partner. Yeah, I mean, it can be a very difficult time. The other thing is, you once you've had a baby, you're not you're no longer just a lover uh, or a partner. You you actually are a mother, uh, and that can alter the relationship as well. You know, they may not have been looking for a mother they may just want the lover part and of course you have to divide your time um and that and that again it can be become very problematic i guess for me the thing that i'm taking away from this is women can survive in a relationship with a narcissist but it's risky and it feels like a woman has to potentially give so much but they have to it's not just about giving in the early stages. Whatever you have, you know, the so tone that you have set for the beginning, that needs to be maintained throughout the life of that relationship. You can't sort of, you know, 
give into every whim that they want in the early days and then try and draw it back. And actually, what is at risk is everything within that relationship, because if they don't get what they want, they will turn and walk away. So, you know, it's a risky situation, especially if you're going to be literally the one left holding the baby. Oh, you're right. Uh, And I mean, if we think back to what I said right at the beginning, we're all we've all got narcissistic traits at some point. In fact, there are you know stages that we go through as we develop from through childhood. Uh, you know, if you think about little children, they're often very um, self-absorbed um, and egotistical. That's just part of the development. Um, and even in our adult life, we can go through phases where we do just think about ourselves, and we are quite self-absorbed. So it can be perfectly normal. So I suppose what we're discussing here is um, the, the traits really that go that bit further, mm-hmm. that aren't just now and then, that form a, a pattern um, for these people uh, and as such should be more recognisable. Yeah. And if any woman who thinks that she's in a relationship with somebody, track it. And my advice would also be to, if you're not sure with yourself, get a second opinion. Um, There's lots of charities out there. Um, There's lots of groups that you can speak to to get a second opinion. Because the risk is just too great. Um, It can be uh, if you invest a lot into the relationship. Thank you, Elaine. Um, Really valuable insight. Um, That brings us to an end of the show. If you, the listener, have any questions or comments regarding anything that we have discussed about narcissists, narcissism and where people are on the spectrum, then again, please don't hesitate to email us at findingmeafterabuse at gmail.com. If you like the show, hit subscribe so that you can get every episode straight to your mailbox. And if you have the time, give us a quick review to help other women going through the same thing and rebuilding their life. And finally, thanks very much for listening.